Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Live Church Orlando, where we encourage you to live your life His way. For more information about Live Church and other resources, please visit livechurchorlando.com. Does anybody believe that this is the year to come up? How many people we got? How many people we got that know this is the year to come up for you? How many we got? Okay. I'm in good company. I'm in good company because I believe that as well. Tonight, I want to talk about something. Uh, man, God arrested me with the message, y'all. Uh, man, I hit pastor a couple weeks ago, and I said, man, God dropped this message on me. I don't know what it's for. I don't know when I'm going to do it. I have no clue. I just know that it's, it's taking over my personal life. It's arresting me first. So I, he was planning on coming Friday, and um, he had a, another engagement, so he couldn't make it. So I knew that was God opening the way for me to share this message. Then I got a vision that I would do this message on this stage, and I was thinking it was going to be weeks, months, years later, and it's four days later, five days later. So I'm going to just do what God told me to do. This isn't like a get up and run around and, and shout message unless you love the word of God. Anybody love the word of God? Yeah. All right, well, maybe, maybe you will. Maybe you will. I don't know. Uh, this is more of a come up message. This is a key to the come up. Did anybody enjoy our honor series? Yeah. <laughs> our honor series was phenomenal. And this is kind of an extension of that. Uh, another major key. So it kind of developed, if I'm being honest, it developed from a lot of things that our pastor says. I really believe in live culture. I believe in the culture of our church. I believe our church is being planted to affect nations. I believe in our culture. So we have a great time. The music is great. The word is great. I believe in what we believe. I believe in our culture. And this is, this is what I feel is live culture. So a couple things pastor has been saying I want to kind of use to set this up. That's cool? So in the honor message, every time we did the honor message, he opened up by saying, the person of Jesus gives you peace. The principles of Jesus give you prosperity. So the person of Jesus gives you peace, but the application of his principles and his teachings are, are what going to bring you up. Okay? So the Bible says in Proverbs 4 that wisdom is the principal thing. So it's an, it is the principal thing. So if his principles give you prosperity and wisdom is the principal thing, then we need wisdom. So tonight I want to talk about wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about wisdom. I'm sure it's something that we all hear all the time, but I want to bring a different perspective to it. Tonight's message is wise up. Yeah. I love that logo. I love how the eye is an arrow. I, I just like that. Is that cool? Okay. I just like that. So his principles give you peace. Another thing that pastor always says is that he grew up thinking that the focus of Christian life was sin. He grew up thinking that the whole point of Christianity was not to sin. That's a very low perspective. This is something he said. I'm not saying anything he hasn't said. That's a very low perspective. That's why the name of this church is Live. Because Jesus said, I come that you might have life and life more abundantly. So I believe that the focus of Christianity is not to not sin, but to be wise. It's not don't sin because I'll be cursed. It's be wise because I'll be blessed. Now, 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 now check this out. Now, if you are wise, you won't sin. Does that make sense? So the focus is not sin, but through wisdom, we are empowered to live abundant lives. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. What else I got? So pastor did a message. So I start, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in grace. Uh, my life changed when I started listening to Joseph Prince, who me and pastor both crazy about. Three years ago, I started listening to Joseph Prince. I fell in love with Jesus on a whole nother level. And uh, grace is like at the core of my thing. But I kept telling pastor around our junior year, which is when you become an upperclassman, around our junior year, I was telling pastor in our staff meetings, like, man, I feel this shift. I don't know what it is. 
I don't know what it is, but I just feel this shift. I don't know what it is. He's like, man, I feel it too. I feel it too. Then on Pentecost Sunday, he did spring up. Don't get out that chair. And I was going, ask the Levites, Levites. I know they were so tired of me saying spring up. I was saying it so it was the shift. It was, it was, it was a message, and the opening message he said blew the religion scales off my eyes. And he said, You don't need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. I said, Open up my Bible, like, do it say that? You don't need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. You need to believe in Jesus Christ to go to heaven. Jesus came to deal with sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. This is what he talked about in the message. It opened my eyes. So then I started asking, so what is the, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? What, what, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? I started researching and researching and researching it. I came on this. Y'all ready? So I believe there's like a SOS signal in the Bible. Wisdom. Proverbs is smack in the middle of the Bible, in the middle of the Old Testament. There's 19 books before wisdom. There's 19 books after wisdom. Wisdom has 31 chapters, and most of our months, there's 31 days. So I issued a challenge to our Levites, and some of them have been doing, to read a proverb for every day of the month. It's what you need to live. So I believe there's this SOS signal. The Bible says in Proverbs 1 that wisdom goes in the public square stands on the wall and screams for somebody to pay attention to her it says wisdom stands on the wall and says how long will you love your simple ways this is the voice of wisdom it dawned on me that the holy spirit is the voice of wisdom everything wisdom does for your life impacts your life on earth When you get to heaven, you won't need wisdom because once we see him, we'll be like him. So he gave us the spirit to give us wisdom on earth because his principles will give us prosperity here. Are y'all with me so far? Let's go to the first slide. I love this. Y'all ready? This, I could really just do this one scripture right here and not talk about nothing else. This is Exodus 3. This is when Jesus or God, I always say God when I mean Jesus because they are one. This is when God is talking to Moses. Do y'all know the story of the burning bush? So everybody knows the children of Israel are slaves in Egypt, right? He's talking to Moses. He says, this is how I'm going to deal with this. It's a three-step process. Are y'all ready? Three steps. He says, I, this is God talking, I have come down. Stop. (laughs) First of all, that's crazy. God himself is so fed up with his people being enslaved that he himself is going to come down. That is grace if I've ever heard it. There's nothing the Israelites can do from stop from being slaves. There's nothing they can do within their own power to stop what's happening. God says, I can't take it no more. I'm coming down to deal with this. That is good. I have come down to deliver them out. That's step two. And to bring them up. I have come down to deliver them out and bring them up. Everybody say, down, out, up. That is God's plan. That's, that is it. God's plan. That's it. I'm coming down to deliver you out and bring you up. That is his intent for every one of our lives. Amen. Not only is he going to bring you up, he's going to bring you up to a good land and a large land that flows with milk and honey. This is a land of provision. This is a land of his goodness. This is a land of paradise. This is what he wants for each and every one of us. Here is the problem. Y'all ready? It's a three-step process. God comes down, he delivers us out, and then we stay right there. This is the issue with the body of Christ. Not live. I live, but this is the issue with the body of Christ. He comes down, he delivers us out, and we get comfortable right in that space. He delivered the children of Israel out, and they walked for 40 years. 
They walked for 40 years in the wilderness. They went from being slaves in Egypt to slaves to the wilderness. The only difference was there were no more chains. Now the slavery was in their minds. The, th the issue with this verse is that God is intent is to bring you up, but you are responsible for your own come up. God says, I'll come down and I'll deliver you out, but I'm not going to renew your mind for you. I'm not going to force you to walk in wisdom. That's not freedom. If my goal is to deliver you out of slavery, freedom is now allowing you to make the choice that you want to make. The Bible says when he brought them out, the people were discouraged because of the way. They didn't have a problem with the land they were going to. Their issue was his ways. Our issue is that we want the good large land without the ways. I'm telling y'all, this is the this is this is it irks me so bad. I don't want our church to be talking about come up, come up, come up, come up, and we never walk in wisdom when we lead this church. That's not that's not live. So, so God says, Pastor said this a while ago in Apopka. Christianity is not just about what you've stopped doing. Okay, that's cool. What have you started doing? Have you started to walk in wisdom? Have you started to make decisions? That, have you started to do anything different? The problem with the church is that people, God, God delivers us out and we're saved. Don't get it twisted. We're saved. And Christians live a low-level life all the way to heaven. We get mad at God because we think step two and step three are one step. They are not. This is the beginning. This is God's intent. It's not one step. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, without, this is one of my favorite verses, without faith it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must first believe that he is. That's one. He believes that he is. Now, if you believe that God is, if you believe that Jesus is, you're saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is, you're saved. But there's a second part. Believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This is the part we're not doing. This is the part we're not doing. We don't believe he will reward us if we diligently seek him. So you know what? We don't diligently seek him. So you know what? We don't get no rewards. So you know what? We never come up. But we're saved though. But we're saved though. Christians come to church every Sunday, sit in row three, seat six for an experience, leave, and don't apply any wisdom. So this is step one. This is God, right? I look at the Trinity. I'm going through the Trinity really quick. I look at the Trinity like a relay race. So this is God first. He came to deliver out the Israelites. The mystery is that now us, the Gentiles, have been made heirs with the Israelites. So now we receive all of those promises. So let's go to the next slide. So now God hands it off to Jesus. John 3.16. So for God so loved the world, not the Israelites. Now, we're thousands of years later. Now for God, God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son that whoever... Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So Jesus says something similar than what God said. God said, I've come down to deliver you out and bring you up. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Same purpose now open to all of us. Is anybody grateful for that? Same purpose now open to all of us. So he hands it off to Jesus. So imagine God handed it off to Jesus like, all right, now you in. Jesus comes. He fulfills his purpose. He walks for 33 years. He teaches principles. He establishes a new kingdom. Now we are all in the kingdom of Christ. Now he finishes. He, he dies for our sins. He raises three days later. He turns to the disciples and says, I'm not staying here. My part of the race is finished. Now I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's taken care of. He says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Go to the next slide. So then he hands it off to the Holy Spirit. All of this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate or the helper or the comforter, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will, will do what? 
The Holy Spirit is the voice of wisdom. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. That's wisdom. And will remind you of everything I've said to you. So the Holy Spirit is the voice of Jesus and the voice of wisdom. Are y'all with me so far? Let's go to the next slide. I'm moving quickly, but are, are y'all with me on the, on the relay race? Who ran track and field? At the, end of a, at the end of a relay race, who stands on the podium? Okay, if you win, does the first leg stand up there by itself? It's a group effort, right? This is a group effort to save humanity. Are y'all with me? Check this out. 1 Corinthians, this shows how the Holy Spirit is the voice of wisdom. We do, however, speak a message. Now we're getting into wisdom. Y'all ready? We speak a message of wisdom among the mature. Let's stop right there. Wisdom is for mature Christians. If you consider yourself a mature Christian, you should be submitted to wisdom. Outside of church. If you're a mature Christian, you can miss service. Are you with me, bro? I need one. If you're a mature Christian, this is for you. We speak a message of wisdom to the mature, not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. No, not that wisdom. We declare God's wisdom. God's wisdom is a mystery that has been hidden. This wisdom realm is reserved for us. It has been hidden for generations. And God destined that the glory before time began would start with us. So if we're not taking advantage of this wisdom, God did all of this for no reason. I'm going to show you later why wisdom is so important. I'm just setting it up. Are y'all cool? Are y'all cool? This is a mystery. Go to the next slide. Now, the slide between these two slides is the very famous passage, for it is written, eyes have not seen, neither has it entered into the heart of man. Cool, cool, cool. Y'all know it. It's all good. I heard three people know it. That, that passage is preached, all, it's said all the time. Eyes have not, ears have not heard, neither has it heard. Well, God is, the, we say it and never, never apply it to the context it's written in. That context is in the context of a wise, mature Christian. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God will do for a wise and mature Christian. That's the context. The verse after that said, these things, these eyes have not seen, ears have not heard things. These things are revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, because who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit within them? Who knows your thoughts except you? Who can read your mind? No one. Who knows what you consider wise except you? Who knows what your decisions are except for you? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit. This is why the Holy Spirit is so important. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God is going to do for you. But if you don't submit to the Spirit of God, who will ever know what his plan is for you? His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. How will you ever get access to it without wisdom? How? How? The center of Christian life is not sin. I believe it's wisdom. God intended for us to be wise because everything we want is connected to wisdom. Let's keep moving. Check this out. I, ain't gonna, I know y'all can't read this. Are y'all, Levites, how crazy is this? Y'all ready? Are y'all ready for me to read this? Before I read this, let's do a quick poll. Let's do Bible class. Y'all ready for Bible class? Y'all ready for Bible class? In the creation story, what's the first thing God created? Light. Any other answers? Light. Raise your hand if you go heaven and earth. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Who, who's going with that? We got some people going with that. Who's going with light? Okay, cool. We got half light. Half, okay, cool. Can I, can, can I read this to y'all? <sighs> Proverbs 8. Check this out. Levites, please sit down. Please. They don't know what, they don't know what it says. Sit down. Sit down in the name of Jesus. Proverbs 8, y'all ready? This is wisdom. Okay, I forgot to say this. Most of the books in the Old Testament 
are about people, right? It's, it's, it's one story and God uses people. So Ezekiel is the perspective of Ezekiel, right? Jeremiah is the perspective of Jeremiah. Samuel is about? The Kings is about? Proverbs is about wisdom. Now, the interesting thing is that Proverbs personifies wisdom as a woman. As a virtuous woman. So wisdom is a person that we should all know. So look, I'm going to read this for y'all. Y'all ready? This is wisdom talking, right? Wisdom says, the Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place. When he, when, check this out. When he marked out the horizon, I ran. When he marked out the horizon on the face of the, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea a boundary so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in the whole world and delighting in mankind. The first thing God ever made was wisdom. Wisdom watched the whole creation process right by God's side like that's lit, that's lit, that's lit. That's a little bit to the left. That's lit, that's lit. Wisdom, this shows you, this shows you the priority of wisdom to God. The Bible says in Proverbs 3 that God himself laid the foundations of the earth through wisdom. God created his world through wisdom. Now, how are you going to create yours? If God himself, no, check me out. We're talking about the almighty creator. If God himself created his entire world through wisdom, what do you think you have to do? This is God's priority. This is God's plan. Wisdom. Are y'all with me? Me and Pastor Tay was talking about this. This is crazy. If wisdom is a woman, y'all ready for this? If wisdom is a woman and God created wisdom first, from the beginning of time, God had a one good virtuous woman by his side. One. Is that crazy, Joe? He created a woman, and then the woman is by his side, constantly rejoicing. <laughs> this, is, this is nuts. Constantly rejoicing, always in his presence. So, husbands. Oh, man, they quiet, Tim. Husbands. I ain't even married, but this is the Bible. Your wife will usually be your source of wisdom. God prioritized her first. If you prioritize your wife first, she'll always be by your side rejoicing, delighting, dancing. This is why I believe God created all these things. Day one, day two, day three, day four, he makes man and says, it's not good for man to be alone. Because I wasn't. <laughs> wasn't I didn't do all this without wisdom I didn't do all this without a virtuous woman so it's not good for man to be alone so I'm gonna give him a help a help the same thing that the Holy Spirit is called I will make for him a helper the same thing 
Is this good so far? Are y'all with me? Should I stop right here or keep going? Husbands, cherish your wives. That's all I'm going to say. I, this, I'm going to leave that for you for living love. God had a woman by his side since the beginning of time and still does. He created the heavens through wisdom. Just that, 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 that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. Next slide. Y'all ready for something else crazy? Y'all ready for something else crazy? All right, this is the last thing I'm going to do that's going to blow your minds, then I'm going to chill out. Y'all cool? Can I blow your minds one more time? I looked up the law of first mentions for wisdom. I love the law of first mentions. I love the first time anything it appears, it gives us context. It gives us a blessed assurance to stand on. If it happened that way the first time, it's got to happen for me. I love it. Check this out. This is the Garden of Eden. God plants a garden. All right, so we're going from the beginning of time now. We're in the garden. Y'all with me? Wait, do y'all see the garden? Okay, cool. Do y'all hear the waterfalls? Shh, everybody shh. All right, cool. Check this out. Genesis 2. He plants a garden, and in that garden, verse 9, the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. All of these trees were pleasing to the eyes and good for food. God made them that way. Does everybody see that? God caused all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground. They were good to look at and good for food. Let's go a chapter after this. Now the enemy comes on the scene. Satan comes, he starts whispering to Eve. Look what he says to make her bring sin into the earth. Are y'all ready? When the woman saw the fruit of the tree, she saw that it was good for food and pleasing to the eyes. That wasn't a lie. God, we just saw that God made it that way. So that part wasn't a lie. What was the lie? And also desirable for gaining wisdom. Not only does God know how important wisdom is, the inception of sin was the perversion of wisdom. I'm going to say that again. The beginning. This is, all right, y'all know this is the first people, right? Okay, God makes a perfect world. The most wise thing you can do in this garden is not eat this tree. That's the most wise thing you can possibly do with no comparison is not eat this tree. The enemy comes and says, this tree will make you wise. The inception of sin was the perversion of wisdom. Sin started because the only lie he told was that this tree will make you wise. We're at the very beginning. So wisdom is so important. The Just think about that for two seconds. Sin started. Because of a, want, a, a longing for wisdom. Sin started because the enemy told a partial truth and a partial lie. Pastor says it all the time. The enemy doesn't create anything. He gives you the perfect opposite of God's way. So God says, don't eat this tree. He says, eat the tree and you'll be wise. Now sin is in the earth and it starts... A never-ending, continual process where we're separated from God and thousands of years later, Jesus has to come to solve this problem. The perversion of wisdom. That's how important it is. That is crazy. Y'all ready for the next part? We're going to tone it down a little bit. Now we're going to talk about wisdom. Let's just talk about, I believe everything in the come-up package is attached to wisdom. Y'all ready? Let's look at it. Let's go to the next one. This is Proverbs 4 and 7. This is what I was talking about. When I said wisdom is the principal thing, this is another translation. Now, I, this is not like deep. I'm sorry. This is like, duh. <laughs> Y'all ready? I don't, know, I don't know how more, you know, it might be. This is the International Children's Bible. So let's just, let's just break it all the way down. Is it not crazy? It's one of the best. Wisdom is the most important thing. We can all go home. It's an SOS signal in the Bible like, yo! So get wisdom if it costs everything you have. 
Yo, this is the instruction of the Bible. If it wipes out your entire life, get wisdom. Because with wisdom, you'll get it all back. With wisdom, you will get it all back. What are we tripping for? Wisdom is the most important thing. If it costs everything you have, get wisdom. Let's go to the, uh, the Passion Translation, which is my favorite. Y'all, the Levites know how I be in that thing. TPT. Wisdom is the most valuable commodity. So buy it. Wisdom is the most valuable commodity. So invest in it. Do you invest in wisdom? Think about it. No, let's really, let's really think about it. I know you come to church, you listen to the word. Okay, on Monday, do you invest in wisdom? Do you, it don't even have to be money. Do you invest time to being more wise that day? Do you wake up and pray? The Bible says Jesus got up early every morning and prayed. If there's anybody who don't got to pray, it's Jesus. Are y'all feeling me? He gets up early in the morning before any of the disciples is up, so nobody disturbs him. Peep, peep, peep the wisdom. He gets up early in the morning, goes to a dessert place where nobody is and prays for hours. Then he starts his day. I'm not saying you got to do that. I'm saying that's an investment in wisdom. Are y'all with me? I was supposed to be looking at this, y'all. I wasn't looking at this. All right, cool. I think I'm good. Let's go to the next slide. This is the come up package. Y'all ready? Amen. Blessed are those who find wisdom and those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver. This is not like a cute... I, I, I got I to let y'all... This is not like a cute little saying wisdom is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold this is wisdom she is more precious than rubies nothing you desire can compare to her i'm gonna say that again nothing you desire so check this out. Let me say uh, Ladarius. He got on the Jordans, the white and blue Jordans, right? He has on the white and blue Jordans. Those are hard. I got on like some blue boots, right? So we, I'm looking at his shoes. I'm looking at my shoes. I'm like, those, those are nice. I like these. I like the... I'm comparing them. Okay, nothing you want, you can't even do that. Nothing you desire can even be compared. I could come to a conclusion that my shoes are a little better than his. With wisdom, you... you it was just an example, bro. I like those Jordans. Nothing you desire can even compare with wisdom. You can't even have a reasonable discussion about chasing something more than wisdom. You can't even have a logical conversation about seeking anything more than wisdom. It's incomparable. This is the focus of the, of the mature believer. Because you know what? It yields better returns than gold. This is for your life on earth. This is not in heaven. Wisdom was given to us. Jesus said, I'm leaving. I'm going to leave my spirit so that you can live life more abundantly. The spirit is the voice of wisdom. The wisdom gives us more profit than silver, better returns than gold, and nothing we can desire can compare to her. Y'all ready for the next one? Okay, wisdom is a whole person, right? It's a woman. And wisdom's right hand is long life. Long life is in her right hand. Okay. In her left hand. Okay, the left hand is like, that's like the off hand. Like Jesus is seated at the, and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. In the left hand, there's riches and honor. The come up package is rooted in wisdom. So he just did a whole month series on honor. So this tells me that wisdom gives honor. Wise people give honor. With an open hand, they extend honor. Wise people give riches. Wisdom is a whole person. This is just one part of me. 
and my left hand is riches and honor, and my right hand is long life and health. It's just like the enemy to take one little piece of, of, of the offspring of wisdom and make it the focus for the world. Riches, capitalism, chase the dollar, hustle, stack, get as much money as you can get. So we spend our whole lives chasing money and not wisdom. And wisdom is sitting there like, Seriously? Hold up, seriously. You're going to spend your whole life sweating, stressing, and worrying for this thing that I give in my left hand? I got so, I got so much room in my left hand, I could put honor there too. There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 3. There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 3, and I texted this to Pastor because I feel like it applies to Pastor. I don't know if he remembers, but I sent it to him some months ago. God, God comes to Solomon. <laughs> you send me stuff too, Pastor. You send me stuff too. <laughs> it ain't a one-way street now. <laughs> God comes to uh, Solomon, right? He says, whatever you ask for, I'll give it to you. Wow, I would love to hear that. Ask yourself what you would ask for before I tell you how the story ends. God says, whatever you want, it's yours. Just ask. What you want? Solomon says, you know the first thing Solomon does before he does anything? He honors God. He doesn't even act. His next sentence is not a request. He said, God, you've been so faithful. You were faithful to my father before me, and you're faithful to me, and I thank you. He praised God for like four verses. Then he says, please give me wisdom to lord over your people. Look at his posture, y'all. Please give me wisdom to lord over your people because I don't know how to do it. So give me wisdom to fulfill the calling that you put on my life. That's what he asked for with a blank check. God says... I'm pleased that you didn't ask for me to destroy your enemies or ask for riches. I'm, that pleases me. So I will give you wisdom. The next verse says, I will also give you what you did not ask for. Because you asked for wisdom, wisdom comes with a couple things. <laughs> He says, because you ask for wisdom, I will also give you riches and honor. Do you see God's priority? He created wisdom first. He, he established everything through. He established the heavens, the mountains, the waters, the horizon through wisdom. Do you see what his priority is for you to seek him for? Do you see it? Let's keep going. Her ways are pleasant ways and all. Somebody say all. All of her paths are peace. Every, every wise decision is a peaceful decision. Every one. Every, all, all means what? All. Riches, honor, long life, health, peace. Attached to one thing. So, you know what it is? People don't really want money. They want what money brings. You don't really want money. You don't want paper. Because if you did, you would never spend a dollar. You would stack it all up if you cared about the money. You want what money brings. That's what you really value. Wisdom, wisdom gives you all of that. So we don't need more money. We need to switch our value system in our minds. Like, Lord, give me wisdom. Let's go to the next slide. I got eight minutes. I want to honor the time. This is Paul talking to Timothy. This goes back to what we were saying before. So Jesus is the reason we're saved. The scriptures, he says, from, from infancy, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you saved. Is that what it say? The scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation. This is the purpose of the scriptures. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees in John 7, I think it was. He says, you guys know the Bible back and forth. You study the Holy Scriptures because you think in those you'll find salvation. You don't realize that these are the Scriptures that testify of me. 
you don't realize that the living word is standing in front of you and you use my own word against me. You got it backwards. The Bible gives you wisdom. The Bible doesn't make you saved. There are people who come get saved every week and haven't read the Bible. The Bible makes you, it's a gift to give you wisdom, which will lead to prosperity. God says, I will that you will prosper even as your soul prospers. So your prosperity, your, your, your earthly prosperity will parallel your soul's prosperity. Will parallel your wise decisions. This is the, this is the principal thing. This is the most important thing. Are y'all with me? Know the Holy Scriptures, which will make you wise for salvation. So... I love the word of God because I get wisdom from it. I love the word of God because when I close my Bible, I feel stronger. I, I, I can't explain. It's a supernatural thing. When I read the Bible, my mind is just clear. I make better decisions all day. Has anybody noticed that? Go ahead. Do a test. Do a test. Read your Bible one day and then don't read the next one and see how crazy your thoughts are. And the Holy Spirit, I said this to the Levites, the Holy Spirit is a still, small voice. I always pray, God, make your voice louder. That's not how it works. The voice is still and small. There's other crazy thoughts that's going on clouding the voice of wisdom. It's your responsibility to cast down those imaginations. When you cast down those crazy thoughts, you make more room for the still, small voice to be audible. So we said, I can't hear God, I can't hear God, I can't hear God, and we're only exposed to craziness that results in craziness in our thoughts. So now that still small voice is almost mute to us, and all we hear is our crazy temptations. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. All right, oh my God, this is so crazy. So in my life, I'm not saying y'all have to do this. The two pillars for me are grace and wisdom. I feel like I wrote on our diplomas, for all of our Levites, we wrote, uh, remember that God's grace has delivered you out, but his wisdom will bring you up. Amen. That's what we wrote on the diplomas. This is not in, this, in substitution of grace. I'm not saying this takes the place of grace. To me, it's an evolution. Through grace, now I understand this wisdom. This grace has opened up the door for me to experience this wisdom. Check this out. This is Paul talking. This, this, this ties it all together. And this is pretty much my last slide. I have become a servant of this gospel by the gift of grace. So grace is always first. Like he said, our love is response to his love, period. His, his love is always first. It's through this gift of grace that I can even talk, and I'm working in this power. Although I am the least of the Lord's people, I don't even deserve to be talking to y'all, but through his grace, I have the power to do it. That's my testimony. This grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles. We are the Gentiles. The grace was given to me to preach the boundless riches of Christ. The riches of Christ have no bounds. They're boundless. Through grace, now we have access to the boundless riches of Christ. That's worth knowing. Uh -huh. And to make plain uh, uh, and to everyone the administration of this mystery. The Bible says, set your affections on things above because you are dead and your life is hidden. You are dead and your life is now hidden in Christ. It's hidden in these wise decisions, right? So I'm trying to make this mystery known for which ages was kept hidden. What I want y'all to understand is that Moses, David, Noah, whoever you want to name did not have access to this. Y'all don't understand how fortunate we are to live in this dispensation of grace and mercy where, we, where, where every day you wake up with unlimited opportunities to gain wisdom. Unlimited. That's what grace is. Now there's new mercy every day and another opportunity to make a wise decision and attract prosperity to yourself. You have that opportunity every day. Check this out. So grace was first. He says all of this, then look at the underlying part. God's intent, the whole point of this whole journey his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known. Listen to me. This was God's intent from the beginning. We're in the Garden of Eden, right? At, there, there's boundless riches in the Garden of Eden. Boundless. The Bible says they were surrounded by four rivers that were just provisioned. Pastor taught us that. There's boundless riches. The enemy perverts wisdom in the Garden. He says, this tree will make you wise. Now sin has separated and cast us out of the garden. 
The plan for grace, his intent for grace was that now the manifold wisdom will be made known in the church. This was the plan. This is where we're in right now. I, tell you, I know it takes a moment for this to sink in. His intent, the, his intent the entire time was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom will be made known in us. That, that's, what, that's his desire for us. Because wisdom is the major key that unlocks the come up. Everything that you want in your life is attached to wisdom. Everything. Let's go to the next slide. Ooh, this is Paul talking. All things are lawful. Okay, now through this grace. Y'all ready for this? Through grace, now all things are lawful. Your sins have been covered. So now technically, you can do anything and be forgiven. There, there's no sin that his blood won't reach. So all things are lawful, but all things are not beneficial. All things are lawful, but everything's not wise. You can do it, I guess. It's not wise. It's only going to hurt you. Why would you do it? I guess if you want to make the argument that you can technically sin now, I mean, cool. It's not wise. It's not going to benefit you. Why would you do things that aren't beneficial? This is the true gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is now I've made a way for you to experience life more abundantly. Through my wisdom, now you have access to all things pertaining to life and godliness. And I guess technically you can use my grace to do what you want to do. But why? 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 I have your entire life hidden in me. Why would you not seek that? Let's go to the next slide. I got two more and we're done. So if this message has found you today, right? If you're like, man, Chris, you sold me, bro. You sold me, I'm with you, and I want it. How do I get this wisdom thing? It's a difficult answer because the answer is through the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to seek the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Now, because our relationships with Jesus are personal, we all have different goals. You might want to be a painter, and then the next person might want to start a business, and then the next person just want, might want to be a millionaire. The next person might want to get married and have a beautiful family. You might want to be an artist. You might want to start your website. And all of these things take different instructional wisdom through a personal relationship with the Spirit. Now, what I can tell you is that the same for all of us is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we all have, we all have to start here. When we fear God, when we have a proper respect for our relationship with God, that opens the portal for more wisdom to come. When you honor God, you get more wisdom. I'll tell a quick, I'll tell a quick story. Luke chapter 2, Jesus' parents take him to the holy city for Passover, right? They accidentally leave him there. They gone for three days. And then they come back and they find him in the temple. And he's 12 years old. He's preaching and he's teaching and he's astonishing everybody at 12, right? His mom and his dad come and say, Jesus, now first of all, y'all, he's 12. So don't try to blame him. That's bad parenting. But they come to Jesus and they're like, why would you do this? Why would you do this? Jesus said, you, you didn't know I'd be about my father's business? You didn't know this is where I'm supposed to be? Very important. The Bible says, but he humbled himself. Jesus he says his parents didn't understand this, but he humbled himself and, fought and went with them. He humbled himself and honored his parents. Fifth, verse 52 blows my mind. It says Jesus increased in wisdom, favor, and stature with God and man. I would think that God in the flesh has all the wisdom and favor you would need. He's just, it's just bestowed upon him. No, Jesus is setting the example. When I honor those above me, wisdom increases. Jesus increased in wisdom, favor, and maturity with God and man. So Jesus was tempted at all points and had to live the same life that we did. That's why I love Jesus because he set the example. There's no excuse. He didn't skip steps. He didn't skip steps. He went through, he was tempted at all points and didn't sin. So now we have the same responsibility. You have to partner with God on the bringing up part. You have a decision to make. And if you don't, you'll wander for 40 years. The crazy thing is that trip, the Bible says that trip was supposed to take four days. 
So maybe your, maybe your come up was supposed to happen in 2006. Who knows? Who knows how long you've been circling the same test and the same trial because you refuse to imply wisdom? Who knows? Who knows? 40 years. 40 years. I got one more slide and that's it. This is the last one. This is the last one. James chapter 1. If you lack wisdom, what does it say? Ask yourself, how many times you ask God for wisdom, for real? How many times in your prayer have you said, God, give me wisdom? How many? Me too. Let's be real about it. You ask for the things that wisdom gets you. You ask for health. You ask for long life. You ask for riches. You ask for peace. You don't ask for wisdom. Solomon asked for wisdom and got all of that. So if you want wisdom, ask God who generously... Who generously gives it out without finding fault. Without, regardless of sin, I'll give you wisdom. Without finding fault, I'll generously give it and it'll be given to you. But here's the condition. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt it. Because anyone who asks for wisdom but doesn't believe is like a wave of the sea blown with the wind. That type of person should not expect to receive anything from me. A saved person who doubts my wisdom, who doesn't diligently seek me, should not expect to please me, ever. And I'll see you in heaven, and you'll live a low life all the way to heaven. Whose desire is that? If you want wisdom, ask God for it. Amen? Three, th three, three words I ask the Levites to, ask, to say a hundred million times a day. Levites, what are those three words? Is this wise? A million, in all your ways acknowledge me. And I'll direct, I'll direct your path. Everything, the small things, you get a text message. Is, is this wise? What happened the last time I texted this person back? Nah, that's not wise. That's not wise. Lord. We've become robotic. Three words you're going to ask a hundred times tomorrow. What are they, Liv? Make some noise for Jesus if you had a good time tonight. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to today's message. We pray you were blessed by God's word. If you would like to partner with us so that we can continue sharing the gospel around the world, please visit livechurchorlando.com.